This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach. so many words that describe a great leader. Uh, perhaps they have vision or integrity or character or competency. The word that I want to focus on today is empowerment. The definition of empowerment is the authority or power given to someone to do something. It's power given. People are empowered. They're given the authority to do something. Are you empowered? Do you empower? Welcome to Podcast 73. We're going to talk about leadership as always, but today we're going to focus on empowerment. I try to remember the very first time that I felt empowered, and the first thing that came to mind was when I got my driver's license. I got it in the June of my uh, June at the end of my junior year of high school. I turned 16 at the end of December. I grew up in Connecticut where you had to wait 6 months to get your license. So, I was pretty late in getting my my license. All my friends already had their 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 driver's license. And so, uh, my my dad took me to the motor vehicle department in the morning. I uh, passed the test, passed the driver's test. And I remember when he handed me my keys, it was about 10 10:30 in the morning and he said, go ahead, you can take the family car to school. And I remember driving, and as I pulled out, I, I, I had this, this, this feeling, of course, there was nobody sitting next to me. It was the very first time I'd ever been in a car when there wasn't somebody sitting next to me. And of course, I'm driving this two-ton piece of steel down the road, and I, I just felt so empowered. I felt, wow, man, I'm grown up. I've got this car. I've got this responsibility. I'm driving by myself. I've got new freedom. It was such a, such a great, great feeling. And when I think about work, uh, one of the things that comes up is I, I took over and, and started to run a company. And the company had a casual Friday, which meant that you know only on Fridays could you dress casually. And every other day of the week, you had to wear a, a tie and a long sleeve shirt or, or something along those sorts. And, and I kind of noticed that that Casual Friday had also well, not only was dressed, but it was also casual work Friday as well. And I said, well, this isn't going to work. So I was trying to make a decision either to just go back to full-time address, was trying to make a little bit of a culture shift in the organization, and I decided I was going to go the other way. So we went to casual every day, and then I ratcheted it up because I like to wear sandals and shorts to work, so turned it into a sandals and short casual uh, five days a week. And it was one of those early, simple decisions that I got to make, and it was it really felt um, really felt good to be able to make that kind of a decision. And can you imagine empowering people that work for you? Let's say that LeBron James, say you were the original high school coach of LeBron James. You could see yourself 
giving him the authority to go just kind of take over the basketball game or if you're one of the first teachers of Taylor Swift or uh, maybe you're the acting coach of, of Matt Damon or Meryl Streep or one of the original golf coaches of Tiger Woods or you know, a singing coach for Justin Bieber, or can you even imagine what it must have been like to have somebody come work for you, a, a young Elon Musk, and your desire to empower them so that they could go do something, and who would ever know that they might do something extraordinary? Well, today we're going to talk about empowerment, and there are really three components of empowerment. There is clarity, support, and autonomy. We're going to walk through every one of these and, and take a look. And I, I want you to think about, do you empower the people that work for you? And then also take an introspective look, which is, am I empowered? Have, have I been empowered to do the job I need to do? So let's start with clarity. The first step in empowering employees is to clarify their goals and expectations. And yes, I love this because you hear me say this all the time. Your employees are only looking for three things. They want a clear job description. They want the skills and tools to be successful and they want a boss that has their best interests in mind. So here we go. They've got to have in clarity. You've got to give them a clear job description. They have to know exactly what their responsibilities are. Because if you're not crystal clear what it is you want them to do, then people are going to misunderstand your expectations. They're not going to know what they need to do. And then, of course, you can never measure their performance if you don't actually know and give them a clear description of what it is they need to do. So as an example, frontline supervisors in a, in a contact center at, at, their, at their core level they're in the business of making people much, much better. And there's really three things we want them to do. We want them to connect. We want them to, to help them connect their employees to the company and their missions and values, connect them to the customer so they recognize clearly what they're supposed to be doing and who they're supposed to be taking care of. We want to connect them to their peers because if you don't keep them engaged, don't keep them connected to their peers, they're going to leave. And of course, we also want them to be connected to you or, or directly to their supervisor. We want to encourage, want to find people doing something right, want to encourage them to train, encourage them to show up on time, encourage them again to do all the connection things that we talked about. And then finally, we want to help them build and learn, want to build their skills so that they can be successful on the phone. We want them to continue to learn, learn not only the core principles that they need to be great at their job, but also the change management that invariably is going to happen. They're going to have to learn all the time. They, they never stop learning. And then we also have to invest in them because whether they're, whether they're going to stay with us for, for, for a really long time and they're going to make this particular job their career, or maybe they've got a future as a level two, or they've got a future as a supervisor, or, or maybe their future is somewhere else and they're going to be a marketing expert or they're going to be president of the United States and it's just a season but we want to help them learn and build so that we can contribute to their success so that they'll stick around for as long as possible and do the very best job that they can do. And the other thing that we need to do with clarity is we also need to, to set standards of, of modeling how you do things. If, if we've told them what it is they're doing, we also need to show them clarity. We need to model the things that, that we want them to do. Because if they watch you cut corners or you're mediocre or you're bypassing rules, you're just, just giving lip service to the things that they need to do, they're not going to follow. They're not going to do things the way you want them to do things. And if you're going to empower somebody, it has to be crystal clear what it is you want them to do. And then with that clarity, they're then empowered to go. They've got the authority to go do the things that they need to do. So first up is clarity. Second up is support. 
You've got to support the people that you're empowering because they need to succeed and you need to make sure that you've removed any obstacles they may have in their place that might keep them from being successful. And that starts with, again, the second component of my uh, clear job description, skills and tools, and boss with their best interests in mind. We need to give them the, school, the skills and tools to be successful. We need, we need to train them and enable them to be able to do the job correctly. Have you been trained correctly to do your job? Do you feel like you've got the skills and tools and are empowered to go do the things that you need to do at whatever level you are? Have you been empowered? You also need to give them the knowledge and information that they need. So I, I can give them the tools, but I also have to give them the knowledge and information that they need in order to be successful. Because, because if I don't give them the knowledge and tools, then, then what I've done is, is I've set them out there and they're destined to fail. And, and we've empowered them, but we really haven't empowered them because we haven't given them the tools necessary to do the things that they need to do. So, so skills and tools, knowledge, and then of course we have to provide feedback on performance. Unless they know how they're doing, they'll never know whether they're on the right track. And, and without, without knowing how you're doing, without seeing progress, without seeing success, people lose confidence. And even though you've given them the authority, they don't feel like they've got the confidence to, to, to utilize the authority because they just don't feel like they're in a position to be able to do that. They're not in a position to lead. So, so do you provide proper feedback for the people that work for you? And you say, oh man, you don't understand, Michael. We've got so many ways to provide feedback. That's all I do is I provide feedback all the time. Well, is it is it the kind of feedback that they can build on? Is it the kind of feedback that, that, that's combined with encouragement and learning? Or are we just spouting off, hey, listen, you missed this number or you made that number or you, know, you need to try a little bit harder? And what about you? Do you get good feedback on what you need to do? A lot of times in a contact center, we're, we're in an environment where it's just almost impossible to be successful. And it's very, very hard to get feedback other than, hey, you just need to survive. And so it's really, really important that you create an environment that allows people to have feedback on their performance. And then, of course, a staple of a contact center, but a critical component of empowerment is we gotta, we got to recognize. we got to recognize people for their achievements. We have to recognize. Because if we don't recognize, what's the whole point of empowering them if we're not going to acknowledge and recognize when people do something well? I ask this question a lot about how well do you do recognition to the people that work for you. How well do you, do you get recognition from your leader? Do you need a little bit more? Do you need a little bit less? Do you feel like people are just going through the motions? And, and I want you to know that I'm not sure you can change your boss, or your leader, whoever the person is that, that, that provides you with recognition, but at least acknowledging and recognizing whether you're getting enough or whether you're getting the type of recognition that's helping you and, and helping you be successful. And not a bad conversation to have at some time or another with your employees, certainly a Hey, what's the best way for me to recognize you? What kind of recognition do you like? And you've heard me use the adage of, you know, people are motivated by kind of fear, fame, fun, or fortune. Well, which one is it for you? And what more importantly, what about the folks that work for you? What are they looking for? Well, if we've got clarity and support, that only leaves one left, and that's autonomy. So uh, autonomy is basically giving them the authority equal to their responsibilities, which means you're, you're giving them the authority to carry out and do the things they need to do. Because if, if, if you kind of empower them, but then pull it back, or you don't give them enough, you don't give them an, enough where, they, where they're able to make strong decisions as opposed to petty decisions where they've got to constantly ask for permission, you create an environment where they just don't, they just don't get anything done. 
I uh, was listening to the pastor of my church this weekend, and he was, uh, he was he was talking about Christians that get the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the way he described it was, he goes, it's it's like you're vacuuming in a room. He goes, and you're doing a lot of effort. You're putting a lot of work in. You're moving around. You're moving the vacuum around, and you're you're all over the room, but you're not picking anything up. And you're not picking anything up because you're not actually plugged in. You're not actually plugged into the Holy Spirit, which then gives you the authority and the capability to do the things that you need to do. And it made me think about the fact that, that sometimes we, we put people out on the floor or, or, or we've got people that are, that are leaders that work for us or even ourselves that we're, we're out there, we're doing a lot of work, but, but we're not plugged in. We haven't been given the power that's equal to our responsibilities. So we've got people to manage and, 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 and measure, but we don't have the authority to actually change the things they need to do. Either A, we need to go get permission or that's not for us. We have to give it to somebody else. So we're constantly in front of our people telling them that we, we know what the problem is. We don't have the authority to change it. So, so have you plugged your people in? You know, do, do, have you plugged them in and given them the power that, and the authority that's equal to their responsibilities? Uh, I used to have a CFO that worked for me, and he, he made decisions that were hundreds of thousands of dollars decisions. But at that time, we were really struggling financially, so I, I put a really strict uh, constriction on how much money people could spend when they traveled. Literally made people spend less than $75 on a hotel room, and I want you to know that I, I had the, the best one. I had a $12 hotel room in San Antonio, Texas. It wasn't a hotel. It was a motel. And in order to get into the room, you had to go into this, this, this bulletproof glass. to, to th That's where you registered in. There was a, a guy behind this, this really six-inch thick bulletproof glass. You went in there. You kind of got your keys, and then you sprinted your mo to your motel room. I, I digress. But the point is, is that it really bugged the CFO that he had to ask permission to spend like fifteen hundred dollars uh, uh, in when he was traveling, yet at the same time, you know, he was making hundreds of thousands of dollars decision. And it was one of those things where I just kind of I had taken away some of his authority. The authority I gave him wasn't equal to the responsibilities that he already had. The second component of, of autonomy is uh, trust. We need to be able to 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 create a, uh, an environment where we can let them go to do the things they need to do and to trust them and trust that they can do what they need to do. So take a look at the people that work for you. Do you trust them? Because if you've empowered them, but you don't trust them, you haven't really empowered them because odds are pretty good you've held back something. And so the question that I would ask you if you're a leader of leaders is, is why do you have anybody working for you that you don't trust? Or why don't you at least address the issues associated with the people that you don't trust and focus on those areas to get to the point where you can trust them? Having people work for you that you don't trust if you're a leader and you're, you're a leader of leaders is, is nuts, and you need to change that immediately. If you're a frontline leader, there's probably a pretty good chance that you've got a lot of people that you don't trust. So the question is, can we address those areas and begin to create an environment where, where you can begin to trust them? And many times that starts from the fact the people that are working for you, they don't trust themselves. And they don't trust themselves because either A, they don't understand the context of the information they need to distribute, or they're not confident in uh, one of their skills that are necessary for being on the phone, or there's something going on that they don't trust themselves. And as a result of them not trusting themselves, you don't trust them. So you've got to create an environment of trust. And then, of course, with autonomy, you have to give them permission to, permission to fail. You have to have an organization that has the ability to fail. And, and I'm not talking about massive failure where you're going to crater the company. But giving people the chance to, to try something new, to, to put their own, their own fingerprints on the decisions that they make, 
because that's the way that you find a different way of doing things, a more successful way of doing things. You know, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. So when we create an environment where people can fail, then we, we've created an environment where something new might happen. And yes, something, something not so great could happen, but the odds are pretty good that, that people will learn in your culture to try things and check them out and you know, get some insight, get some feedback, get some direction. So the things that they're trying really do have a measure of success. And wherever the level of people are that are working, they probably know more about what's going on. So they're in a better position to try something new and potentially fail, but, but hopefully being successful. And of course, dignity and respect. You, you just can't have an environment of empowerment where you don't treat people with dignity and treat people with respect. Do you feel that you're respected in your job? Do you feel you're respected by your leader? You know, and, and are you someone that gives respect to other people? Or do they, or, or can they never really achieve that kind of respect? If they do, they'll never be empowered. In a context center, when you empower people, you, you challenge the roses. You recognize that roses are spectacular. And so you give them challenges and tell them to go out and create new, new uh, opportunities for you to find new levels that you never thought possible. You, you empower people by, on the front line by giving them ownership of their, their career, their growth, their skills, and they own it and, and, they, and, and they work towards being better and recognize that whatever their season is with you, that, that, that although you're not perfect, you've created an environment that allows them to be successful, to grow, to be better when they leave than when they arrived, whatever the length of that season is. You empower people by allowing them to stand out and you celebrate their success. You empower people by training them, not only in the things that you need to train them in, but things that will help their career. You empower them when they're in nesting by very quickly showing them the areas they need to work on so that they can, they can, they can gain the expertise so they have confidence when they get out on the floor. When people make their first steps onto the floor, we empower them by showing them their early success and giving them encouragement so they recognize that they've got an opportunity to, to be really successful or they can get off to a great start and, and, and really thrive in your organization. And for the day-to-day -day person that's working for you, we empower them by making sure that we're measuring their legacy, that we don't miss any of the points along their career that shows the impact that they've had on customers, that they've had on fellow employees, and that they've had on the company. Empowerment is a great feeling when you've been empowered. Sometimes I think it's even a greater feeling when you empower others and you can sit back and watch them blossom. Are you empowered? Are you somebody that empowers your employees? I hope you are because it's an attribute of great leadership. And it's simple because it's, it's clarity, it's support, and it's autonomy. Great leaders are empowered, and great leaders empower others. How are you doing in the empowerment section? How are you doing at being a great leader? I know you have the capacity to be a great leader. And I think if you've been listening to me long enough, you do too. The question is, what's holding you back? Or what's holding you back from being even better? Odds are pretty good. It's hard work, focus. And you might need to get somebody to come alongside you to help you out. And maybe, just maybe, you need to listen to a couple more of the podcasts. It's been great to talk to you this week. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Go be great. Bye-bye now.
You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.